Today on Gamerhead Radio, esports numbers so damn big, we're going to start our own esports team called the Gamerhead Radio Opportunists. That was my trumpet. That was a sad trumpet. <laughs> Gamerhead Radio starts now. Hello and welcome to Gamerhead Radio. I am Jonathan Santiago, a.k.a. Fallon Flynn. In 3D. In 3D this time, actually here in the studio. We're being civilians, come on! Thank God he's not an IMAX. Uh, I'm, I'm GOAT. Um, also in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> now in vivid Technicolor. <laughs> and I am Charlie Technotronico and Worthley in uh from 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 the nth dimension i don't know I, it's true it's i felt true. like being different and i i screwed it up i'm sorry guys candy mountain charlie i figured it's, you'd be in 4k being because you're detective oh that, that would have been good that's true that that's would have been correct that would have been the correct answer i failed <laughs> good stuff no but we found our way back to where we need to be it's all come full circle how was your week gentlemen well <laughs> uh-oh fuck your car john <laughs> yeah it was not good man <laughs> So, um, once again, if you listened to last week's episode, um, sorry about the uh, audio quality. Um, so, so a little bit, a uh, little bit more of an explanation yeah. than, than fits in a tweet or a Facebook post. Um, mm. So, so as you know from the episode, um, John's car broke immediately before recording the show. Like and it does. So, well, yes. And um, so we decided, hey, we've talked a couple times about like skyping in guests or whatever before. So let's actually try this out with John. And at the time, it seemed like it was going okay. Yeah. Like John's John's audio to us in the room. So I, I set up a computer here in the room. Flat John. And, uh, flat John, <laughs> as you as yeah, as you came to be known. And. Um, we um, uh, called him up on Skype, and uh, to us in the room, he sounded great. Like, he had a headset mic on. It sounded perfectly fine. And um, so then, uh, where I went wrong, apparently, was finding the free Skype uh, audio recording Ooh. program, which uh, apparently... Um, Does I, it handicap your audio for being the freeware version? No, 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 no. It's, it's, their, their, their revenue model is that you get the audio recorder for free, but if you want the video recorder, you have to pay. That's, so that's their model. Um, no, it just sucks is the problem because... Well, mm-hmm. um, so you got what you paid for? Indeed. Um, uh, you, you can imagine that if you're trying to take audio recorded from two completely different sources and trying to put them together, it would be kind of important that they match up perfectly. And um, so the, uh, the, the problem that became apparent as soon as I started to actually put the edit together, because we, 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 we tested it there and I just played it back on the, on the, the computer speakers and it sounded fine. Yeah. Well, um, we did not account for the possibility that the, uh, that the speed at which it... So, so the way that it made the MP, MB3 files, basically, it was not at a consistent rate, and so the speed of it floated. It sped up and it slowed down. Things are, that, that are not apparent to the naked ear just by itself. It's, it's, it was minute enough that you wouldn't notice unless you tried to line it up with another recording on like a professional rig that is perfect. And mm-hmm. so that's when it became apparent. That, so if you're listening to the, audio, to the audio from last week, that's why the sync is constantly falling in and out of sync is because that was just the, sh- the shitty MP3 encoder or whatever mm-hmm. that this program used. So um, I did the best I could, and hopefully it was listenable. So two things I've, I, I just, I've pieced together from this experience. One, uh, like, all ga- like all PC gamers, uh, Charlie's bitching about lag. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. Technically, I guess. And two, uh, John's car wreck made our show a car wreck. Yes. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Here's the thing, man. 
Charlie put a shitload of time into that edit. He does our editing for us every week. And normally, you know, he spends a couple hours on the edit. Bam, he's done. Published, ready to go. Uh, when did we publish the show? Two days ago? <laughs> yes. Third, um, <laughs> As of recording, which is on a Sunday. Um, it, um, was, it was at like, yeah, we, we, instead of going up Tuesday morning like usual, instead of it being finished Monday night and then being posted on Tuesday morning afternoon like usual, um, I think I finished and posted it immediately at like 2 a.m. Thursday night or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it was rough, man. So thank you, Charlie, for, yes. for you, fixing it. We learned you, uh, a lot of you, important things there. You polished a turd as well as you could. It's and true. And it was... Polished it to a high shine. It was an extraordinary... <laughs> Extraordinarily smooth turd, but it was still a turd. But yes. Let it not be said, listeners, that, uh, that Gamerhead Radio has not experimented, tried, failed upward at a lot of different things in the last month. Every, every time, every time technology rears its ugly head in this show, we either get chipmunks or we get uh, very epic spaciness, or there's always a, yeah, there's always there's a bonus. Something. Yeah, it's true. It's true. The, the, the entire episode did sort of end up sounding like it was, it was being paid o- played over a PA speaker from the Fifth Element. I did, I did kind of <laughs> honestly, the, I listened to it and I, I swear, like it was just like the intro to Muppets in Space. Yeah, all you had to say was Fifth Element. Now, like, call me Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> All I can hear is fucking what's his name screaming at uh, oh Chris uh, Bruce Willis yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Tucker yeah. Chris Tucker yeah and, Come the, and the amazing hair <laughs> so we, it, we were we decided to bring everybody back in the studio this week yes so I'm yes, here live and in person yeah if not for anything then to pre- preserve uh, Charlie's health <laughs> mental well being for the show this week and that my car is actually working right now you better knock on some wood for, right for this week. second. Nope, the end is fucking nigh, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm car shopping with my wife. We've been shopping already. We're looking toward the future. We've got a plan. We just got to get toward the beginning of the year here, and everything will be good. All and right. then I am going to play a tiny little violin and then smash it on my car as I uh, wave goodbye while it washes away. Somebody can take it, and it's gone. Done. I mean, like, I know you're a fan of Street Fighter. Yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with Don't the... tempt me, Charlie. <laughs> I will whoa, fucking... Whoa. I, have a str- I have a Loot Crate Street Fighter... Ryu headband. I will put it on and I will punch my car. Char, 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 whoa, whoa! He's going to need that nine ninety five trade in. Nine dollars and ninety five cents is what this car is going to be worth. He's going to need that. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I am. I, what I want is an office space style, like you know, mm-hmm. like uh, like when they crushed up the printer. You know. Yep. Fucking that scene. Yeah. Because we'll, it's we'll, die, motherfuckers die, motherfuckers die. We'll, we'll just, we'll just but you know, uh, just together it's more appropriate. We'll put on some MC front a lot, yeah. and uh, and we'll, yes. we'll we'll get some we'll get some baseball See, bats. I'm and the weird one. I would have kept the car just because it's going to be worth like a hundred dollars trade in, and be like, well, when if something goes wrong, I have this car that's semi reliable for four times a year when I'll need it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, it won't be mine for much longer, and as a result of that, by proxy, it will no longer be either of your problems, or by proxy of that, the listener's problems. <laughs> so, uh, having said that, um, let, let's talk about releases this week, Charlie. All right. Um, so, Monday, December 14th, we have Dead Star coming out on the PC. Uh, Tuesday, December 15th, King's Quest Episode 2 hitting the PC, the PS3, the PS4, the Xbox 360, and the Xbox One. Tower Fall Ascension coming out on the Vita. Parappa the Rapper 2 is getting his re-release on the PS4. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5, uh, for some reason, is coming out to the PS3 and the Xbox 360, because apparently they <laughs> haven't made enough money on that so far. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Hatful uh, Boyfriend Holiday Star, which I'm assuming oh. is an expansion pack to the uh, the, the, the venerable uh, pigeon dating game. Yes, that is what I said. Uh, it's coming out on the PC. Uh, on Wednesday, December 16th, Ark uh, Survival Evolved is uh, hitting the Xbox One as a game preview. 
I'm actually excited about that. Yeah. Uh, I see the, the pictures Carlton posts of that all the yeah, time. Yeah, that of, game's uh, gotten creations. a lot of good reviews and, yeah. and won some awards on the PC. Uh, Bla- uh, Blaze Rush coming out on the PS4. And Final Fantasy VI apparently is not out on the PC yet, and so it will be on Wednesday, December 16th. It is not, but those of you who happen to be Final Fantasy fans, if you are aware of Final Fantasy VI that they put out on iOS and Android, it is a it is a remade. It was supposed to be a graphical upgrade to the original version of the game. It is universally despised by fans of the original game, this hmm. Final Fantasy because it looks like plasticky shit compared to the original game. That is the version that they're putting up for sale on uh. Steam, so do not be hornswoggled. Bamboozled. Bamboozled. Or, or, or just generally finagled. Finagled. That's yes. good. Uh, so don't buy Final Fantasy VI on the PC on December 16th. Mm, nope. And uh, looking ahead, uh, Minecraft Story Mode Episode 4... I didn't even know episodes two and three were out. They're cranking those out. Yeah, is coming out on uh, Tuesday, December twenty second on everything. Um, Probably Xbox platforms on the twenty third on Wednesday, and uh, Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel on the PS three and Vita. That's on December twenty second. Are you guys looking forward to anything on this list? Arc, yeah. For sure. Um, apparently, I need to start looking forward to Minecraft to get my ass in gear because I'm now almost four episodes, three episodes behind. Are you caught up in any of the tales, mm. uh, the, 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 the 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 Telltale games? I was going to be tonight until a migraine happened. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was going to sit down with Game of Thrones, and that failed. There's some Telltale in my future too. I'm yeah. looking for after playing all these open world games this year. I'm looking forward to playing something that is fairly short and non-committal. Yes, so so look forward to me and John catching up and both having like 10,000 gamer score weekends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Nice. Um, what did you guys play this week? Um, well, in the interest of not sunset overdriving our friends to <laughs> death, um, I, took a, I, I did play Fallout 4, but I'm not going to touch on it too much because I didn't play it a, 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 enough to really make any uh, more discoveries because I'm nice to you guys. And I don't want to beat your head in with it. I am wearing a Fallout 4 shirt, so that's my, my segue. Uh, <laughs> Verified, yes. That's true. So I, um, in, in the, also in the interest, I uh, started that Val Hel- Van, Van, Van Helsing game. I thought you were going to say the Van Halen game. <laughs> yes, which is also just came out on Rock Band 4 if you're into Van Halen. Um, little side note there. Uh, but I tried Van Helsing. What did you think? Um, well, I'll, let's see. I can understand why Charlie hates it. Yeah. Um, John, just skip it. Uh, it's it's well, you get one campaign, which is fine with me. You get the little, you get Van Helsing free, but the other two campaigns are pay, as Charlie said. But that's about all the, all the microtransactions I've seen. Oh, okay. So far, um, it's blatantly a Diablo ripoff with a weird control scheme. Mm, yeah. Um, it actually reminds me more of the Neverwinter control scheme. So I mean, it's it's playable. It's fun. But, um, I mean, my thing is, is, like, it shouldn't be the incredible adventures of Van Helsing. It should be the decent adventures because I didn't pay for it adventures. <laughs> it should be the ho-hum adventures. Yeah. The, the moderately <laughs> mediocre adventures. <laughs> yes. Like, like decent because it was free adventures of Van Helsing-ish. Um, but it's good. I mean, what it is, for what it is and what I paid for it, I'm okay with it. I got up to level 10. Um, I will finish it. Yeah, it's it's okay. it's. I mean, I'm on casual mode. The maps are fucking huge. Like I'm yeah. on like the fourth section or whatever like that. And like you press down to bring up the map, right? Mm-hmm. And I have the entire screen filled with, "Hey, you've been here," and I'm still not done with this area. It's just monstrous. So if you're into Diablo, pick it up for free. If you're not, skip it. 
Gotcha. Mm, fair and enough. that's, uh, let me think, that's about it, I think. Fallout 4, da, 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 da. yeah. Charlie. All right. Um, so I, um, first of all, uh, just uh, it's funny that you were going to play Game of Thrones today because I also played Game of Thrones today and uh, I finished it. Uh, finished episode six of the, the Telltale Game of Thrones game. Um, That's weird. We need to stop syncing up. I don't know. I'm okay with it personally. Um, makes things easier. Um, bring this. Never mind. Uh, running that joke into the ground. Um, it was uh, it was okay. Um it I, I have a I, I I find it disappointing when games like this like very blatantly set themselves up for the sequel. Like it's left like it's it's very much on a cliffhanger ending. And I mean like there there's some there's some resolution, but I mean there's a lot of things at the end that just are like you know it's it's very much on a cliffhanger. But isn't that Game of Thrones? I, I mean it is, but. You know, it's, I don't know, I just feel like game, it's like we know that there's more Game of Thrones, you know, uh, TV seasons happening, mm. but I mean, I don't know, I just, I think it's, when a video game does that, I kind of feel like it's very pretentious, almost, like, it's like, oh, of course there's gonna be another one of us, like, I mean, like, you know, I don't know, I just, I, I'm, I'm slightly put off by it, but... I, I, I see what you're saying. You like the, the, the mystery of, is there a sequel? Could there be a sequel? Yes. But at this point, we're so far deep into the Telltale machine, which I've coined that statement. It's a machine. That's, yeah, that's fair. Like, we're waiting for season, what, three-ish for for Walking Dead mm-hmm. and actual season three and all that. Like, they're they're done with the, the smoke and mirrors and the mystery. They're just like, look, here, there's going to be another season of this. As long as it's alive, there's going to be another season of this. Like, they're just, they've kind of given up and, like, the only one they have, like, really for any allure is Wolf Among Us 2. By the way, Telltale did confirm this week that there will be season one and two characters in the Walking Dead Michonne game that they're talking about. From the TV show. Okay. Yeah. And it's over. No, 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 no. Season one and two, Telltale Walking Dead. Oh, oh, okay, okay. They said you will see characters from season one and two of the Telltale Walking Dead games in that Michonne game that they're Okay, so so it does fit into and the yes. Telltale yep. world. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's saved. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, good, good. So, is that it? Um, and, uh, no, and then um, I, um, um, having finished Sunset, Sunset Overdrive previously, I'm just trying to get through my backlog, and so I'm taking another stab at one of the longest games of my backlog, and I got back into Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, played that for, I want to say about five hours today, actually. Holy shit. Yeah, well... So that um, brings you up to... What, five and a half hours. So were you like no, you're like no, like no. one and a half percent complete then? No, I, over, <laughs> overall completion. I think about like about nine percent. Um, which, if you're familiar with this game, that's no small task. To be clear, no, no, that's, yeah. Well, no, I think I probably have a good fifteen hours in it. I'd say t- total. Um, like since I bought it. Um, just because I've been I've been screwing around with like the side missions and everything, I'm trying not to like today. Ooh, a piece of candy. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It, <laughs> today it was very much just like I'm gonna do everything I can to like focus on just like the main and like the important yeah. uh, side missions. And so, um, uh, not a spoiler. Spoiler. Like I, I'm basically up to the point where I'm trying to rescue Otacon. Just to, if for anybody who's f- playing with the game, uh, it just it gives you an idea of where I am or Hal Emmerich or whatever they're calling him in this game. Um, but yeah. Um, Hmm? I mean, to put in perspective for the listeners, if you missed um, the other Santiago, Nick, on here, mm. he's at what? 
four hundred hours at three four hundred somewhere. Uh, I think I think he said he's now as of when I talked to yeah. him last week ninety eight percent complete. Mm-hmm. So like and what five hundred hours? Some three hundred and fifty hours. Yeah. Or something. So nine percent at fifteen, you're on par for the course. Yeah. Ryan on is now in his ninety ninetieth percentile as well, and told me that he's got less time than that logged, but not much less. Okay. So. So you're you're doing fine. <laughs> to put it in perspective, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, that, that's otherwise that uh, that was it for. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm playing a couple a couple mobile games. I want to mention. So right. first of all, the Room Three is out. Um, if uh, at least on iOS platform. Sorry, I know. John. I sighed. <laughs> I'm so sad. I want to play it so bad. Um, if you're if you're not familiar with this, I think I may I mentioned this before, but I don't remember if it was on or off air. Um, the Room series is a is a is, is a set of games that are very mist like, and they're they're, they're puzzle solving games, and they're you know it's it's I, I won't try and get into the story because it's actually really really weird. But um, basically, you're, you you find these like puzzle boxes, and um, you have to try and solve them. Is 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 the long and short of it? You just described Hellraiser. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, there are some more similarities than that. Hey, come to shit. mention it, um, but uh, but yeah, it's a it's a fun little puzzle game. And then I'm also playing um, uh, Rayman Adventures, which is a new Rayman game that is out on mobile platforms. Um, if you played any of the mobile Rayman games previously, they they were basically side-scrolling running games. Um, basically, just run through the level. Get through the level, and uh, for extra credit, you can find all the lums or coins or whatever in the level that you can to try and hundred percent each of the levels. Um, this is actually more of a more of a, a proper game in that the the first thing that I noticed is that in the previous mobile games, you could only run in one direction. If you were to turn around, it would be because like you ran like up a ramp that turned you around. Like you mm-hmm. couldn't manually stop and change your direction just on your own uh, on your own accord. Uh, you can now in this game by swiping the other direction, you can stop and you can turn around. So there's actually more of an exploration to the level uh, levels in this game than there was in the previous ones. Um, it's uh, it's definitely not a full fledged Rayman game like Origins or Legends, but um, it's uh, it's fun. It's um, it is a free game, and so it is going the uh, the route of the the unfortunate route of um, like uh, there's a whole bunch of like little mini systems in there as far as like collecting eggs and leveling them up and getting them to hatch so that you can like unlock more worlds and you can do these you don't you don't have to buy you know you, you don't have to spend money to do all these things but if you do it'll do a lot faster kind of a thing and um yeah so um i haven't run into a paywall yet like i'm playing through the game just fine and yeah. um but uh it's, but yeah it's more just like the busy work barrier the whole like yeah like, we're gonna slow down the speed at which you can enjoy this but spending money will help you right exactly yeah. That's only slightly better, I think, than energy and paywalls. Yeah. Not much better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was it for me this week. John, how about you? Um, I had a somewhat of a lean week. I, I finished Mad Max. Oh. Um, and I had to do the same thing you were just talking about with Metal Gear, where I had to force myself to stay on track in the story mode, because I, I just... We've talked about the piece of candy factor. Stay on target. Stay on target. And, <laughs> Stay on and target. And so I did. And so I did. Which is good because it, it leaves it in such a way that uh, I, I can go back and, and finish up whatever I didn't do, which I intend to do just slowly over time because I do enjoy putting that game in and just casually playing around in the world they build. It's just fun, you know. Um, is it the best open world game I've ever played? No. Um, my problems with it were, were few. But they were fairly um, noticeable. Uh, really, the biggest complaint I have with the game is that the game is better than the story they built around the game. The story is not great. It's it's totally serviceable as a Mad Max story. Um, but some of the dialogue is really bad. 
Especially yeah. later. It actually got worse toward the end of the game. Is it the writing or the Both. The, the delivery? Both, yeah. yeah. Like when you when you take hackneyed when you take hackneyed uh dialogue and, and layer a hackneyed performance on top of that, it just it's really ham fisted and kinda cheesy. But um I liked the game a lot. It was a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to playing through it some more. Um I I did play some Killer Instinct this week. Um, you know, I, I talked a little bit about that last week too. They made Shadow Jago an official character in the game, and I've been kind of tinkering with that a little bit. Um, I played uh, Ricky Keller one time. Uh, B Squad co-host here was kind enough to send me a belated birthday gift. He got me um, a Fire Emblem Awakening for my 3DS, and I started playing that. I'm only about 25 minutes into it, but I'm enjoying it. It's entertaining, kind of a tactics style RTS, um, somewhere between like. Or not RTS, sometime, but somewhere between like a, a Final Fantasy tactics style game with like some active time battle, you know, traditional JRPG features. But it's fun. It's cool, man. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I I finally finished um, Triforce Heroes. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, which which again, Nintendo was kindly enough to uh, send us a copy of that to review. And um, so I'm gonna kind of pony up my review here uh, since we're talking about what we played. Um, it, it, I played over the course of about uh, about five weeks, uh, a little less than five weeks, uh, just casually. I played through the game very casually, and um, the general idea is is you can you can play through uh, one of two ways. You can play by yourself, or you can play with two other people actively over, um, you know, a, a connection. I played the game a little bit of both ways so for anybody who's looking for a traditional legend of zelda title this is not your game if you are looking for um the best way i can describe it is is almost like challenge maps set in like a weird alternate universe because the game does not take place in hyrule the game takes place um you know in a in a fantasy world where fashion has to do with everything um which sounds it's as strange as it sounds um all of the maps take place in a uh, in an area outside of the primary town that you start in, and the the area outside of the town they refer to it as the drab lands. You know, people have no no fashion tastes. Uh-huh. It's very drab out there. Um, and there's a character that you bump into near the beginning of the game that um, reminds me of a, a like. Well, I don't remember the character's name from uh, The Incredibles. No capes, darling. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, the um, Pixar movie. Her name was Edna. Yeah, or? Uh, Edna. Edna. Uh, no, that no. was Monsters Inc. Right? Um, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, but the the the. No, was the, Edna. Was it Edna? Was it Edna? Okay. Okay. It was, it was no, no, we don't wear capes, darling. We get yeah. stuck in the airplanes and shit. Yeah. You know? Okay. Oh, I don't think she said that though. <laughs> um, it was a character. Like, if you were to take that character and make that character like an over-the-top drag queen, that's what this character reminded me of. And okay. I mean, like you walk into her shop, and in very like traditional, like uh, um, Zelda, like that sort of odd, oddly Japanese sense of humor, where there's no real dialogue in Zelda, but people just make weird noises. You walk <laughs> in, and she's all like dressed to the nines, fashiony, and has like you know fashion glasses on and big poofy fashion hair. And when you walk through the door, every time you walk into her shop, she goes ho 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 ho. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Um, and, and, um, you know, she, they make fun of how frumpy you look and essentially the game is designed in such a way that they, they want you to play each of these challenge maps over and over and over because at the end of them, you, you get 
all three of you run to the end of a hallway. The maps are set up so that they're in groups of like four or five. You play through the map. You go on to part two. So it's like one dash one, one dash two, one dash three, one dash four. And usually the fourth or fifth one is like a boss battle. You finish the boss battle. You go to the end. You all three dash down a hallway, and each of you can pick one of three treasure chests. And there are different materials, crafting materials, in those treasure chests. And you need X amount of certain types of crafting materials to make an outfit. And you can go to her shop and check to see which outfits require which things. Now, the outfits are kind of cool because they change the properties that, uh, you know, based on how you play. So, let's say that the Link that I'm playing is wearing, um, you know, they called it a Kokiri suit. I can fire th- three arrows and they split like, you know, one one goes to the left, one goes to the right, and one goes straight. Instead right. of just one arrow. Um, they have... A bomb suit um, where the bombs are bigger and the blasts are bigger. They have a suit that lets you... It's like a frog suit where you swim in water and you don't get pushed around by a fast currents. Uh, they have... All, I mean, just tons of different suits. They even have a tingle suit. Fuck that. <laughs> I wouldn't buy it. It's one of the only outfits in the game I wouldn't buy and or wear. Every time my hand hovered over the button and I could push it, my thumb started to shake and I moved away. <laughs> what is the benefit that the tingle suit would give you? Couldn't tell you. Don't want to know. Um... The benefit of the tingle suit is that uh, I didn't play it. Um, so the yeah, I mean it's it's a charming game, but if you're looking for a typically um, sort of open Zelda experience where you go out into Hyrule and you run freely between side-scrolling map areas, this is not that game. It's a very contained game, um, which is not bad. Uh, you just need to know what type of game you're getting when you go into it. Um, I do not recommend playing it as a single-player experience because while it can be done, it's cumbersome. Um, so it's you, and then you go into this room, and you activate two dolls. They call them dolls. And you have to throw your soul between the dolls, and you have to pick them up into like a little totem pole, and you have to carry them around everywhere to do everything. So... That sounds tedious. Why you need to have three different characters is is that usually at the start of a level, you all three have to pick up an item. And let's say for one map, it may be two boomerangs and a, a wind rod. And those things will provide you access to certain things, but certain things are tiered in levels, and you have to use each other's height in order to reach certain things. So you have to kind of make sure you stack everybody properly if you're playing on your own. And sometimes you'll stack them wrong and then have to throw everybody on the ground and then switch souls and jump between bodies and then pick each other. So it works. It's functional. But you can tell this game was not designed for that. Um, When I played it online, I had a much better experience with the exception of a very small amount of lag. Um, I played a lot of this with Ricky, too, Ricky Keller. Um we found that we had a good time playing with other people as long as the person you were playing with was not being a trolly, tremendous asshole. That sounds normal. We did have some people who, like, they have to throw a boomerang to drop a drawbridge for you two to get over, and they just sit there and, like, laugh at you. And there's, like, little emote buttons at the bottom screen you can hit that do, like, little thumbs up and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they would just, like, do thumbs downs or, like, kind of whatever the emote was. So this has, like, matchmaking to be able to play? Like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's neat. You know, it just pairs you with somebody else who's looking to play in the same region that you are. Okay. You know, and, I mean, it's got your typical stuff. There's water levels, fire levels, you know, sort of forest levels. It's got a little bit of everything you expect for Zelda. And there's not much of a lore to it, though. It's not much of a story game. The town that it takes place in, it's the only town you go into. Really? Yeah, there is no open world aspect to it, like Zelda games. It takes place in this one area, in this town. You go into the castle, 
And inside the castle, there's a room that allows you to pick which levels you want to go to, and then you can go through them and complete them and keep getting the resources you need to make costumes, which will make the subsequent playthroughs a little easier. And uh, speaking of, John, just so you're aware, um, the Tingle Tights make it so that you don't take fall damage. So falling into pits or off cliffs. Oh, that's handy. Good for whoever's going to use those. It's not me. (laughs) Um, So I can say this. Um, I do think it was a good game. It had all of the charm that a Legend of Zelda game would normally have. Um, It looked like the recent uh, Link to the Past sort of reboot um, graphically. But I am of the belief that they would have benefited from taking this idea and putting a a fresh skin on it or calling it something else um, because it didn't necessarily feel very Legend of Zelda in spots. And uh, But I didn't dislike it. I had a really good time with the game. I thought it was a lot of fun. But just as a Zelda fan, as a Legend of Zelda fan, know what it is you're getting before you buy it. You know, it was cool. It definitely sounds like the 3DS um, entry to the, uh, like, Hyrule Warriors uh, vein of Zelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely as a multiplayer game though. It's a lot of fun. Like if you're playing with some buddies, and I played it over an internet connection with nobody sitting next to me. So my and you can't really communicate with people obviously on the 3ds. So I just texted Ricky between levels and we talked. Um, but oh, if they you're have, sitting, like, they don't have voice chat, nothing like that. No, no, no. But if you have um, if you have two buddies sitting next to you and you're doing this, you know, like like land, perfect, perfect. Okay. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, yeah, it was very cool. I wanted to say thank you to uh, the folks at Nintendo for sending Gamerhead Radio a review copy. We really enjoyed getting an opportunity to play it and uh, appreciate the uh, the generosity. So, in, so in our typical review fashion, um, John, who do you think should play this game? Um, I think anybody who who enjoys the aesthetic of the Legend of Zelda, um, but but wants to enjoy that with friends, uh, preferably locally if you can. Uh, and also anybody who who wants a little bit of a change up to the typical Legend of Zelda formula, because I mean, Link is wearing costumes. You're wearing all sorts of strange costumes that don't look anything like Link after a certain point. So it kind of changes the the way that you're used to looking at the game and the characters too. It also sounds like if you're in high fashion, you should be. Pretty yeah, if you dig <laughs> fashion, this, this or sounds, if you like Final Fantasy X too. Yeah, yeah. This, this definitely sounds like a uh, uh, Michelle's entry into the Zelda world. Uh, maybe could be, maybe. although teamwork. Um. It also does kind of make if you're playing with other people a good entry into the world of Legend of Zelda because it's a little less intimidating than playing a full like you know much more casual twelve to sixteen like. hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. And then, so who should not play this game? Um, I think I think a lot of longtime Legend of Zelda fans, will, while they will enjoy the aesthetic, will feel a little bit closed in. Um, I would say that uh, if if you need your action games to be um, allowed a little more freedom, then maybe this game is not for you. Um, I personally didn't care for the fashion aspects of it, but because I don't really, you know, I, I wear jeans and a t-shirt. Fashion <laughs> does not appeal to me. I look like a hobo half the time when I'm not dressed like a fancy clown on stage. So. Um, you know that if you're not into fashion, it really won't do anything for you. That aspect of it, but anybody, you know, anybody who enjoys just a single player Zelda experience may not find much enjoyment in this because the only single player component for it is very tedious. Um, in terms of uh, tedious, isn't even the word. You're engaged while you're playing it. Cumbersome is the word because you have to. You're babysitting a couple of lifeless dolls. It's really strange. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, so once again, as John said, thank you. Um, this review copy was provided to us for free by Nintendo for uh, for the purposes of reviewing it. And uh, yeah, so uh, thanks again. Had a blast, Nintendo. Thank you. 
So um, that that uh, that was pretty much it for me. Other than that, Carlton and I tried to stream. Who's your daddy? <laughs> Who is your daddy, and what does he do? Um, and uh, it, it it wouldn't run on my PC. Um, so we we then opted to stream a little bit of Portal 2's multiplayer hmm. together, uh, which everybody and their brothers played ten times over. We were just looking to have a little bit of fun. Um, I've actually never played the multiplayer for Portal 2. It's a lot of fun. I've, that's what I've heard. I just I never found anyone who hasn't. I, I want to go through it. I'll play it with you. I want to go through it with somebody who hasn't played it like me. Okay. You know what I mean? So I want to find... I don't know how I'm going to do that at this point. But uh, You um, know what I did find? Having not played it in such a very, very long time, I didn't oh. remember how to do anything. So... But Goat hasn't played it at all. I haven't played a Portal game at all. God really? damn it, Goat! Oh, wow. It's first person. Like, why would I even... Because it's Portal. Because it's brilliant. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Call of Duty. Still don't play those. <laughs> Call of Duty's not brilliant, not sir. Not the same no, thing. Same, same idea. I see, I see hand, gun. Yeah. No, this is... Yeah, I mean, okay. Nope. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> um, so that was fun. We we only, we only streamed for maybe 40 minutes, and uh, I had some technical problems with it, as I don't I don't typically stream on the PC, even though I, I am a PC guy. Um, mostly just because it eats up so much of your, your you know, processing power. You, you, your frame rate plummets into the toilet. and um, But it um, it was an enjoyable experience. Had had fun. Um, but that was it for me this week. That's all I played. Not much, but I did enjoy what I got. Um, so now that you've heard what we've played this week in video games, let's see what the industry did in video games this week. All right, let's kick this bad bastard off at number five this week. Microsoft's Phil Spencer would, quote, be happy to see Nintendo games on Xbox One. Is hell feeling a bit chilly? Are pigs taking to the skies? It might be prudent to check because head of Xbox Phil Spencer has voiced the opinion that he would love to see Nintendo games on Xbox One. It's an outlandish statement, but one with uh, one which has a logical root. It has just been confirmed that Minecraft, a Microsoft-owned property, is coming to the Wii U, a Nintendo-made console. Someone on Twitter clearly picked up on this and put the question to Spencer, could we see things headed to the opposite direction? Spencer replied that he'd be happy to see Nintendo games on the Xbox One and that working with Nintendo on Minecraft's release has been a great experience. Um, even going so far as to kind of take it back to uh, the days when Phil Spencer um, worked with Nintendo on GoldenEye. So, uh, you know, I, I guess he kind of harkened it back to that relationship. So, of course, when you talk to uh, Nintendo and uh, Microsoft, the name Rare is never far away. And another Twitter user asked about the HD remake of GoldenEye, a title which has previously been in con- uh, contention for the Xbox 360. Sadly, it seems like that is still very much off the table. Phil Spencer said, "Goldeneye rights are so challenging. Looked at uh, looked at this many times. Lots of different parties to work with. We've uh, we've always given up. Nintendo games on a rival console might not be likely, but then again, um, you know, stranger things have happened. You never thought in a million years you'd see you know Sega games on a Nintendo platform and vice versa. So, well, those games Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. You know, whoever thought those two titans would clash? So." Indeed. Um, would you guys would you guys enjoy seeing some Nintendo games on the Xbox, or would that just break your brain from weirdness? Can I just can I just rephrase this, the the headline here? Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft execs admits that they would like to make lots of money. Yes, it's pretty much no, what yes. he said here. Yeah. I mean, like, why would they not? I mean, I, so the uh, the you know, I I feel like this is kind of like an obvious uh, an obvious thing to say. It's like. Um, yes, we would very much like to have some of the most popular games in existence yes, on our yes. console. Yes, please, please, and thank you. <laughs> a lot of people on the internet disagree. 
Because, Ooh. you know, it's the internet. Like Nintendo purists, like they just want to complain for the At sake of hearing their sides, own voices. Actually, like, Nintendo people are just saying, I don't want my my cherished and loved things being spilled about the, the ghetto of, of the Xbox or the PlayStation world. Uh, and then you've got the, the Xbox fanboys going, keep your dumb kid shit over there. I don't want it. Who spilled peanut butter in my jelly? Who put jelly in my peanut butter? <laughs> yeah, I don't care about any of those people. No, I don't either. <laughs> um, sycophants, a lot of them. Yeah. Zealots? <clears throat> Goat looks confused. No, just the fact that uh, grown men who are uh, Xbox elitists are still eating peanut butter and jelly. That seems like a Nintendo thing. Well, hey, peanut butter and jelly is delicious, sir. It is delicious. That is actually one of the few things I can cook. <laughs> you know what that means, right? Huh. It's peanut butter jelly time. <laughs> peanut butter jelly time. Where yeah, where yeah, where? I'm gonna stop now. I could thank go you. though. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> do you toast? The, the 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 bread or do you just do you not bother with that particular stuff? Whoa whoa whoa! Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what I thought. Wild here. That's what I thought. Okay, in goat's world, it's no longer a sandwich if work is involved. <laughs> I just I, I was confirming my suspicions. It's also yes. Okay. If I microwave, I mean that you can warm it up. <laughs> oh no, oh. gross! It's disgusting. Yes. I did once put uh, peanut butter on a tortilla and roll it up and eat it like that. That's because, amazing. Because I was twenty years old. Much to nobody's surprise, I then followed that up with a bowl of ramen noodles. The only time when it's ever okay to microwave bread is if you're resuscitating, like, stale old bread. I have I have successfully microwaved dinner rolls, like the, the buttery sort of plump, Like the tube, ones. The tube yeah. stuff? Yeah. Like like the... the oh, the, that? No. Oh, no, okay, no, okay. No, no, no. I'm just talking dinner rolls, prepackaged oh, dinner okay. rolls. Puts a little heat in them, melt the bonner on it. But I said bonner. I had a bit <laughs> butter. It came out bonner. Melt the boner on it, what? I said bonner. <laughs> Not the same thing. <laughs> so, anyways, back to Nintendo yeah. and Xbox and not cooking with or lack of cooking with goat. Yeah, uh, I'm all for both sides of this. Honestly, um, one Nintendo, keep your shit in your pile because you, you've done that well. On the other side of it, I already own an Xbox One. You would save me two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> uh, if you would just give me the shit I want without having to buy your stupid console. Hey man, if Nintendo <laughs> fucks up on the NX, we could be living in a world where they're their titles get farmed out, you know, to to the bigger guys later. I mean, look what happened with Sega. You know, I mean, if Nintendo stops making consoles in the future, they're not going to let those characters flounder. They're going to find a good working relationship with somebody else and give them a home there. I mean, wouldn't they? Wouldn't that make sense? No, they'll just be all 3DS titles. Oh, oh, that's true. that one. That one's alive and well. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. Their Nintendo's handheld business is not going anywhere. Yeah, no, no. I had an interesting week too. They, uh, they, some patent. Uh, designs leaked out for uh, what people presume to be the NX controller, and it's the controller itself is basically an entire screen, but it's like flexible too, and you can bend it and do things with it. And there's a uh, gyroscope in it, and all these other strange things. Like um, it's flexible, like you like it's for, for sake of like being durable, or it's flexible like that's a gameplay mechanic. Nobody knows yet, but it is made of a, supposedly the the patent for it says that it is flexible, like you can bend the screen and twist the screen. Interesting. Yeah. So who knows? Could be could be something. Could be nothing. Yeah. I'm sure they file patents for all kinds of weird shit we never actually see. So. They they do indeed. Everybody yeah, does. Yeah. yeah. So who the hell knows? Um, very cool. Yes. Uh, put some of those on there. Damn it. Craziest patent I've ever seen that that never was going to come to life was it was a computer that little mini parachute that if you would, if it fell off the table the parachute would eject to slow its fall. This is a patent that exists. I forget who has it, but I I I, I, it, I know it's a patent that exists. Well, that's some weird. <laughs> mm. We should look into that. We should see what video game patents have been out there before. Oh, that's a good idea. I like that. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Moving on to number four this week. 
Sony's open to acquiring additional first-party studios. So uh, Sony's vaunted worldwide studio network is already very strong, obviously spanning a dozen or so developers across the globe. However, in an interview with Kinda Funny Games, executive Scott Rode has admitted that the organization's always open to the idea of adding more teams, assuming that the alliance makes sense for all parties involved. He went on to say, I think we're kind of in a sweet spot right now, but we're always open to acquiring more studios. Remember, we worked with Sucker Punch for a decade before we acquired them, so there are relationships there that even start with a smaller game and teams grow, and uh, this is on a worldwide basis. Road continued that the company always has had, quote, an appetite for expansion. If the relationship works, and if both sides are loving the relationship, we think, wow, you did something great, and we want to see you grow to the next level. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, We're always looking at that. The question is, which teams would be ripe for acquisition? A number of names immediately spring to mind. Uh, Quantic Dream, House Mar- uh, excuse me, House Marquee, Clap Hans, Insomniac Games, Tarsier Studios, and Supermassive Games. thing is that all these developers seem comfortable working with Sony while maintaining their independence, so it's not immediately clear what benefits going full, uh, f- full first party would bring. Uh, are there any studios in particular that, uh, that uh, you guys would like to see picked up by Sony or think would be a good fit to, uh, to go with Sony? Nintendo? No. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. And then there was a litigation war that lasted for the next 50 years. Yeah. Um, no, the, no, the ones that you mentioned sound logical. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, no, I can't really think of anything. Now, again, I'm not you know into the PlayStation ecosystem as, as much as others, so um, you know, others might have better ideas about this than me. But um, I feel confident <clears throat> that if No Man's Sky does well, Hello hmm. Games would be a shoe-in to be sure, picked up yeah. and made a first-party that makes sense. You know, developer. I mean, um, Sean Murray is is already like a he's become like a weird sort of indie game icon. You know, just just based on the interviews and sort of charisma with which he presents that game. So oh, I, that would make sense to me. Goat, you got any you think would make a good fit? Anybody who'll sign the dotted line, let them buy them. Well, well, let's not get crazy. Anybody doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, worst case scenario, they can sell them to Activision if they don't work out. Yeah, who who was it? Who was it that uh, that made the Atari ET game? Let's get those guys. Yeah, that was Atari. Was it Atari? Might yes. have been Activision that published that. Actually, makes fucking been. sense, doesn't it? That's why I said yeah. it. So if they don't work out, just sell them to Activision. They'll just That's put true. them in the, in the file of eh, we own them. Uh, uh. And then they'll make Tony Hawk Six, and we'll move on. You know, I'm I'm of the opinion that we're seeing this big wave of independent developers that are doing really cool things right now, like um, like Hello Games and. Um, the guys that are making Cuphead and the guys that made Super Meat Boy and I mean and uh, also um, the, one of the the two guys that made Super Meat Boy also did um, uh, Binding of Isaac you mm. know like these are all people who right now are still considered independent developers but I wonder if their day is ever going to come where they have these big studios themselves or get purchased and, and acquired and folded into you know. I would like to see at least a little bit of that, some growth for those guys, give them a bigger budget. If they can do as much as they have with a tiny budget, think about what they could do with a huge one. It'd be kind of cool. Call of Super Meat Boy, the first-person shooter. <laughs> I would actually play the crap out of that. <laughs> you have ruined it, sir. It's ruined. It's, it's ruined, said Stewie. <laughs> okay, moving on to number three this week. Um, it's kind of a cool story. Teacher turns class into a video game, and the entire class is now passing. What? Yeah. Okay. It's tough being a teacher. Kids have so many distractions in their lives, and it's getting harder to engage tech-savvy students with more traditional subjects. Elizabeth Box was struggling with engagement in her 7th grade civics class in Okeechobee, Florida, the third poorest Florida county with a quarter of the population living below the poverty line. 
I just started noticing a steady decline in kids' engagement box, told uh, VentureBeat, where this article was originally published. Um, they didn't care. They were failing, and they didn't care. You called their parents, and they wouldn't care. I knew I had to do something. Everything that I, I was doing wasn't working. Instead of giving in, she dug around online and found the inspiration. Um, via Chris Avilis, uh, teched up teacher blog to make her class into a video game. Now Box no longer lectures her students. They come into class, log straight into their Chromebooks, and head off on their personal quests. This revolutionary approach to teaching has had a remarkable effect in her class, raising the assignment completion rate from just 30% to 100%. Jeez. Every one of her kids gets their work done, everyone logs into the game outside of school hours, and every single one is passing her civics class. Hands-off education uh, seems to play a big uh, big role in this for her, she says. So, uh, Box spent an entire summer building the game that's now the backbone of her civics class. It's set in a, dy- a dystopian future where the United States has been destroyed. Box's pupils have the task of putting it back together, taking on quests that link to the state's civic standards. Huh. Box built the game inside the Schoology uh, learning management system, which allows her to pull in videos, information, and minigames to sit alongside her uh, her own bespoke game content. Um, Box can keep track of how her pupils are doing while they concentrate on beating the quests in front of them at their own pace, earning experience points and rewards along the way. Um, the majority of Box's day-to-day work is now as a facilitator helping direct kids if they hit a brick wall and making sure quests, quote, assignments, are marked and returned quickly to maintain that game feel. It's different to the didactic approach still seen in many classrooms, and it's kind of scary for some teachers looking in. She goes goes on to say, I do not I, I do no direct instruction whatsoever. I'm never up at the front of the room talking to everybody. When I see they're having difficulty, I step in and say, Hey, why don't you try this instead? Why don't you read this? A lot of teachers struggle when they come into my room and see what I do. They just really can't wrap their head around it because in the traditional sense I do not teach. I never give a lecture, I never do anything like that, but I feel like this is ten times more effective because my kids are way more engaged. Huh. Um so I mean, there's there's more to this article. If any of you guys want to want to check it out, when we post the uh, the the episode this week, it'll be in the uh, links there for the news stories. Um, it goes on for quite a bit. Um, good idea or lazy teaching? Well, uh, I'm going to offend everybody. So go ahead, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the I mean, so the, the metric we have here that this is working is that everybody is turning in their assignments, but. What does that mean? You know, it's like, are they actually just because they're completing these quests and, and turning in their assignments, quote unquote, like, are they actually learning anything? Well, I did read the entire article and it mm-hmm. does go on to say that people who turn in um, assignments are still graded on those assignments based on the knowledge. Well, sure. Them I, I assume how you structure they, okay, it. So okay, okay. if you don't do the work properly, you still don't make the grade. Okay. 100% completion does not mean that you always get a perfect grade on the sure. scoring. But they did say that everybody's passing this class. So it is rooted in understanding what it is that you're, you're being taught and the knowledge that comes with it. Um, but I personally really like this approach because as somebody, when I was a kid, I did not do well in school. Um, I did not do well in school because I was bored constantly mm-hmm. and, and asking them to give me something that was engaging. Yeah. And it was, you know, rote memorization and, and uh, information regurgitation. You know, it's test taking. They just teach you how to take a test and right. wind you up and say, go, I don't care. Um, this feels more effective to me than that, than teaching a kid how to take a test. Um, unorthodox, yes. But bad, I don't know. I don't think so. Goat? Not really. Well, one, this will solve all the teacher strikes and the crying about how much money you make. Uh, two, 
I like it. I hated my teachers. That was my biggest problem in school was the fact that I had to deal with you. Now you've taken that out of the way, and I can learn at my own pace in the way I want to, and that's mm-hmm. more engaging to me than anything you're ever going to regurgitate to me. I mean, I was one of those kids that said, just give me the test. I don't need your day-to-day horse shit. Like, here, I know the stuff. Moving on. Yeah. Um, and it's not unorthodox at all. This is how most kids learn in their home. They pop on the internet, and they either play a game, or they scour Wikipedia and the internet. This is the new way people learn. You can learn it. It's a la carte almost. You can do what you want to do when you want to do it. And you will probably retain more information as you're in control. Because even as a point to Charlie, even if you're passing the class, we went to school. Yeah, I can do the same thing and be like, oh, look, all the answers are here. Yeah. Do I remember it tomorrow? Fuck no. But I got 100% on that test. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like the the the... You know, going to for me, it's like going to school is is yeah, it's like eighty percent like you know teaching people and like helping people find what they're interested in, what they're good at, and so people can like pick careers and what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. But it's also to me about like almost a, a, an unintentional lesson in like social interaction, like dealing with people. And it's like I don't know, like that's you keep hearing stories about kids that are like homeschooled. It's like sure, yeah, they they learn the things and they you know they. They do all the things that you need to do to be able to like show that you got a you know, that you got these grades and like you know get your diplomas and whatever. But people are homeschooled. It seems like at least I I, I certainly can't speak for everybody who's been homeschooled, but I I have. It seems like I hear a lot of stories about how people who have been homeschooled have like you know difficulty dealing in social situations and other people because they're not they haven't been doing it for years. Sure, and years sure. And years. Uh, one part of that element because I I can speak from experience. My wife is homeschooled. Actually, mm-hmm. she comes from one of nine children, and every single one of them were given the option to homeschool. And um, they 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 had a pretty unique family, and uh, their 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 folks gave them a really good options in the way that they structured their upbringing. What happens with a lot of homeschooled kids is they have exactly that problem. They they are not socialized very well, so they tend to be a little awkward as adults and don't do necessarily do well in large group situations. Um, because what what happens is is a lot of the responsibility falls to the parents to make sure that they're social even if they're not in school yeah and uh, traditional school public school and a lot of parents don't they just homeschool them and they stay at home and they live in this like little bubble yeah um megan and uh you know her her siblings were all given the option at the beginning of the school year now you can either go to public school or you can homeschool here but if you start the school year you have to stay for the year and then at the beginning of the next school year if you don't want to go you can stay at homeschool um and she always chose to homeschool. And the balance that her parents came up with as an alternative was they they took her to, like, classes on how to host a party, classes on, like, outside of her homeschooling, you know, how to host a party. They would go out to, you know, there were church-going folks, so they were always at the church, played with the other kids. I mean, like, there are ways to balance it out. But okay. um, So I, I can speak from some small amount of experience and uh, having the discussion already with my wife about whether or not we're going to send my, my son to school, public school, or homeschool him. Which I'm still on the fence about. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, and still, that's a little bit different than this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Well, yeah, but I mean, now it's pretty normal. Everybody hangs out. They go to school. They have their iPods in. They don't really talk to each other unless they're on Snapchat. <laughs> they go home. They log on. Like, 
Well, I mean, that's I don't, I don't think that's most people. I think that's that's most people that we hung out with. <laughs> but I don't think that's actually most people. Yeah. Well, it oh. should be. Damn it! Then we'd have less fighting and less problems with clicks. I think more well, than that's, anything, that's I, I can't debate you there. That it's video games I appreciate, but I think more than anything, what I appreciated about this story is it was an educator trying to take a different approach. That to I'll give you. Teaching. Yeah, I'll, and I'll, also yeah. looking at her numbers. And going, my class is failing. What can I do to help them? Actually taking the initiative to try and help these kids. That it happens to be video games. Amazing. I had a, sure. I had a high school teacher that did something brilliantly similar. Um, he used um, he used EverQuest and the the player built economy inside of EverQuest as an example on how to teach economics in this class. And he actually got the okay to use it in high school to show students how to be responsible for money and how to spread, spread it and stretch it out. And All right. it was neat, man. You know, I mean, there's, there's merit in using certain types of video games for, you know, educational purposes. I just don't think most people have figure out proper applications for it yet. Sure. Sure. This lady's on the right path though. Good for her. Yeah. Um, as long as I, I, I suppose just to, to put an end on it, it's like, as long as a balance is maintained of that social interaction, um, if, if it works, it works, I guess. Fair enough. Good times. Then you figure out how to make whatever educational game they got multiplayer. You. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go on to number two for the week. Um, Reggie Fisame says that releasing Mario on smartphones isn't a recipe to print money. Mario is Nintendo's most popular character and arguably the most recognizable character in video games. However, that doesn't mean that releasing Mario games on smartphones will automatically result in success. According to Nintendo of America president Reggie Fisame, who spoke with. Uh, um, VG Charts originally is who published this story. Uh, unfortunately, there's a simplistic mentality out there that make a Mario game for smart devices is a recipe for printing money. And he says it's not. It's just simply not. It's that Kyoto craftsmanship mentality that says whatever we're going to do, it needs to be a wonderful experience for consumers. And we know that Mario and his abilities to run, jump, and transform based on different items has been optimized for a play control approach that doesn't exist for smartphones. And so for us, it's not simply taking existing games and porting them over to smart devices as the answer. Our answer is to create new compelling experiences that leverage what smart devices do best. Um, so, you know, we've we've all kind of talked a little bit this year about, like, wonder what they're going to do with their, you know, their mobile platforming. You know, like what, how what's 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 it going to be content wise? And it, it seems like Reggie's given us a little bit more of a clue as to where it could be heading because they're not just going to port, you know, Mario games, which I'm kind of grateful for that they're not just going to flat out port like Super Mario Brothers or you know cheapen those experiences. I guess. Um, what do you guys think of this story? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like we've all talked about like side scrolling platformers and certain games that do not belong on on a mobile device unless you have the controller and even then it's a little shaky so i mean they're not like you said not cheapening it up and not sending you know just running it through the ringer there they're they're not square enixing it so he he says that putting mario on a mobile platform is not a a, a recipe to print money but well, no, it's um, all digital anyways. Why would you print money? You Do you think that if they just ported, like, let's say Super Mario World, if they just put it on there, people would buy it? Yes. Anyways, still. I, I do think I, I do think there's a number of people that would buy it no matter what, just on yeah. principle, if nothing else. Um, but as far as it really doing successful and, and doing well, I think it all just depends on how they manage to figure out the control scheme. I've, I mean, I've run, you know, Mario traditional Mario games mm-hmm. on emulators on my phone. It's abysmal. It's like nigh unplayable. You would think it would be easy with two buttons and 
I mean, I've seen some emulators even try to, they'll do like um, some sort of like tactile feedback, you know, mm-hmm. where the phone vibrates when you hit up down left or right on the D-pad. And that doesn't work either. You know, or whenever you do the button presses for A and B or right. you know, X, A, B, Y, it doesn't work. Yeah, no. You know? There's, um, I mean, just the other day I saw a, um, a Bluetooth Super Nintendo controller. For the sake of Ooh, like that's nice. pairing it to like a uh, you know a phone or a tablet or whatever or a PC I suppose um, to use as a controller for playing you know what well I guess whatever you want but I mean you know it seems logical to play Super Nintendo games with it um, I, I just don't understand why they just don't do that because that makes all the difference in the world yeah. just just um, you know come out with a con- you know come out with recreations of your Nintendo your Super Nintendo and so on controllers yeah. and just put little 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 clips at the top to snap yeah. your phone into place. And yeah. just turned it into like a little handheld. I mean, basically like the initial uh, Moga controller did. Yeah, I mean, same yeah, basic yeah. idea, but make it not crappy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how you solve that problem. Shit, man. Maybe that's part of what's in the works at the NX. Who could say? Maybe, maybe. I think that would be really smart of them, though. But I mean, like, if they do that, if they come out with a controller that's not stupid expensive, that people can, you know, you know, they they, they sell the controller for just a little bit over what it costs to make it, with yeah. the in, with the, the intention of then making up money on then all the games that they're going to sell because people will enjoy playing them with this controller. To me, that sounds like a recipe to print money. I don't know. Call me crazy. Yeah, fair enough. Just got to kind of get their uh, their form factor in place, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Either way, I mean, once it hits, man, like I'm down. I want to start playing whatever it is they put out. But uh, unless yeah. it's crappy me games. Yeah, no, that <laughs> I, no, I take it back. I don't want to play that. <laughs> I'll pass. Thank you. Um, just just re-release clacks, and you know. I think the only thing I've seen that lends itself to mobile play that they could port is like old like jrpgs you know like turn-based jrpgs like that stuff plays well on mobile games but anything platforming nope yeah anything that requires like precision control god like, no. huh, like pilot wings <laughs> try landing a plane with a smartphone asshole <laughs> with john. tilt controls john, john, john square enix has already done it do not have nintendo go the way <laughs> And start putting out fourteen ninety nine games over and over. Unless, no, I don't think unless it's Super that Mario anyways. RPG, I would I would buy that. Ooh, ooh, I already have. That's that. true. I, that they could put out just as it is. Just yeah. port it and drop it on <laughs> yep. there. That'll play fine. Yep, no problem. All right, they would get fourteen ninety nine out of me there. Although there yep. are some mild platforming elements in that when you're running around the world and you have to jump under boxes mm. and stuff, you still have to use the. So I nah. just go yeah, buy but a you can take your time. You know, you can like make sure you're in the right spot and jump up. At That's the true. Top. Yeah, but yeah, fair enough. Nothing urgent, I guess. Um, games soon. Yes, please, Nintendo, do it now. Good Thank ones. you. Yes, Thanks. good ones. You know, <laughs> I keep saying all the wrong things, and then Charlie fills in the potholes. My, my, microtransaction filled me, uh, Wii Sports. Yes. No, yes. no, you hurt me when you say these things. <laughs> my little part of my soul just died. That's true. Speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of part of your soul dying, oh. let's move on to number one this week. Wait, do we have to? <laughs> oh, but we must. Oh. Um, gentlemen, esports is here to stay. Yep. Whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, whether anybody likes it or not, I don't hate esports, but man, I'm not crazy about it. And uh, here's where we're at. 334 million people watched the League of Legends 2015 World Championship. That's a lot of people. Wait, that's it like is, Super Bowl numbers. It is a substantial portion of people. Riot Games has announced that the League of Legends 2015 World Championship set a new record for number of unique viewers. 334 million total unique viewers tuned into the World Championships over the course of four weeks, comfortably surpassing the 288 million who watched in 2014. 
The final match saw 36 million unique viewers tune in to watch, which is a new record for any esports event, beating out the 27 million people who watched the the, uh, the final in, in 2014. The peak number of viewers increased three million year over year is increasing three million a year year over year, up to 14 million this coming year here. So that is obscene. Those are massive numbers, man. Um, knowing that this is. This is not only is this not going away. Um, they announced that the video game awards, uh, or yeah, the TBS is going to be doing an esports TV show on their television network, like like a reality thing, or like no, a... like like esports show where they so cover like you tune in to watch events. Thursday night football. It's going to be Wednesday night esports or whatever. Yeah, yeah, wow. like Wednesday so, night Call of Duty. So like so like yeah. esports center. Yes, kind of, yeah. Actually, that's what they're essentially what they're Charlie, doing. Charlie, I'm going to make a request. Can we live Google last year's Super Bowl numbers? I want to see how close they are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the, the, the other thing, too, is this, so you've got TBS doing that. You've got uh, YouTube gaming and Twitch reaching these critical levels. Twitch has become a beast of its own You know, at this point. That's, that's because of Bob Ross. No, it's because, I mean, yeah, it's because definitely because of Bob Ross, too. But, I mean, so many things. Oh, yeah. I was, when I was doing the stream the other night with Carlton, I tuned in, and while I was getting everything set up, I got snagged. I got sucked into watching uh, Tekken Championship. <laughs> you know, I was like, ooh, piece of candy. Yeah. You know, like I do. And it was entertaining. And I found myself going, fuck, man, I got sucked into that, and I wasn't even looking for it. There's always a tournament happening on there, and it's always, you know, oh, yeah. right in your face. I, I watched uh, one of the League of Legends tournaments earlier this year and i was like why am i watching this how did i get here if <laughs> it were not for the toxicity of esports would you guys feel compelled to participate before we get into that i'll go to answer your question mm-hmm. um so this last uh, super bowl and in uh, in uh, february of 2015 mm-hmm. um had a peak viewership at the end of the game of 120.8 million simultaneous viewers. Wow, so this is bigger than the Super Bowl. Well, now, but that was... so One the, night, and well, this is four weeks. I get right, that. and so, the John, you said the final match had like 30 or 40-odd, 30 uh, 36, yeah, yeah. 36 million viewers. Like that, yeah. um, still, I mean, yeah, that's... They're that, on par. <laughs> yeah, that's... And especially, For little it, old video games yeah. that people don't take seriously. Yeah. I mean, I've even kind of taken a, a chuckle laugh at like esports and like MLG and stuff like that. Because I just thought it was a little bit silly, but yeah. it's it's getting bigger, faster, and it's not going away. To say that they had a third of the viewers of the Super Bowl, I mean, just just think how big the Super Bowl is, and that's a lot of viewers. That's a big I'm deal. I'm just saying right now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, anybody who's planning on starting an esports team, do it now, because in 10 years, it'll be just like the NFL or the NBA, where it's like, you can't get in. You can't get in. There's no, you know, if you get in early, get your I, foot I in the door early, maybe. But, I, think we, I think we should start taking applications for our esports team, the Gamerhead Opportunists. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I like it. Um, so if if it were not for the toxic nature of esports, the competitive, the negative side of the competitive part of esports, would you guys feel compelled to participate? No. 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 Go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Charlie's like anti-sport, like that. Yeah, word but you're not, you're not a multiplayer. That's the thing. I play know, games for the story. Multiplayer, yeah. I I play games for the story and for the feels, uh, not for the uh, not for the frags and the uh, and then the, and the, the insults. So yeah. yeah, so I play all of it. Like I'll play all of it. You know, <laughs> I prefer the story and the the you know the feels, as mm-hmm. you said. But I do enjoy good competitive multiplayer, fair competitive multiplayer, and uh, proper challenge. 
Um, I mean, I've, I've, I think as I've said in the past, I've played multiplayer a couple times just with friends. But as soon as like ran, you know, random strangers, you know, you know, strangers ruin it for me, frankly. Um, so yeah, randos ruin everything. Yeah, that. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I, I won't do the FPS and all that bullshit. No, 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 no. But if there was like a racing league, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Right on. I'm sure if it hasn't already started, it's it's got to spill into that. There's a yeah. competitive angle there. Oh yeah. You know. Does I mean I I guess I I'd play to my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair enough. So. I mean, really, with leaderboards and high scores and like anything could technically be an esport competitive guitar hero. That's true. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll see if uh, if it becomes less of a. Like stomping around for douchebags and shitheads, maybe I'll participate. I would love to play on a competitive esports team just to be a better example than a lot of these dudes that go in there going, yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know. Um, I wish I could say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, esports, I may not like you, but, uh, but you're going to be camping <laughs> on my lawn for the rest of my life. So We definitely recognize you. You are a thing, um, much like that one football game a year that some of us only watch. Sportball. Oh, uh, the the commercial show? Yes, yes I do watch yes, the commercial yes. show. It's with the, the, best, the best halftime show on the planet. I don't know what the between that is, but um, <laughs> that part, I want their stage budget every year. All right. <laughs> Pleasant. Will you be watching the halftime show at this next Super Bowl? Yeah, I watch it every year. Do you know who's playing at the halftime show this year? No, I usually figure that out when I turn it on. Hmm. Is, um, is it Bruno Mars again? Or? Rumor says it's Nickelback. Really? Rumor says. That's embarrassing. I heard that somewhere. I don't know. Well, that's, I mean, they're, they're due. No, what was embarrassing was like, like the Who. That was that was embarrassing. <laughs> I love that band, but that that, that was terrible. <laughs> hmm. Like Katy Perry and the giant walking doggy thing was cooler than the whole Who set. <laughs> huh. Yeah, yeah. All of this is so foreign and weird <laughs> to me. One of those non-cable people. I don't know how to football This is an open air. Super Bowl, yeah, Super Bowl is broadcast. Then oh, is if you're, yeah, then, I don't, I don't watch football. Then I mean, neither do I. I watch the commercial and halftime show. Yeah, if you're like yes. me, if but you're, you're like, married to somebody who loves football, that's though. true. But yeah, if you're like true. me, you'll wait to the next day, and YouTube just just buttons it right up for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, watch yeah. the whole gala in about ten minutes. My pops <laughs> isn't a football guy. Actually, he's not much of a sports guy. You know, and my wife is one of those hockey people, so never on my uh, never on my radar. Um, esports, um, I don't understand you. I don't always like you. But I suppose we can be friends as long as you stay on your side of the lawn. That's it for news this week, gentlemen. So this week for our feature, we're going to be talking uh, about uh, what our favorite games of the year were uh, for this year, considering last week we talked about the Video Game Awards. Um, amongst other things, but uh, we wanted to, to sit down and share with you what games we played this year that we felt were um, our best or uh, our favorite. So, uh, Charlie, let's start with you. Uh, well, I, I, I want to say Sunset Overdrive, but it did not come out this year, so I, I'm not allowed to say that. Um, nah, fuck that, man. <laughs> what, was it, like, what game moved you the most this year? Uh, well, What's that- your game of the year? Uh, okay, so so I'll, I'll give two answers. It's a, For me, it's a tie. 
for completely different reasons, but a tie between Sunset Overdrive and Ori and the Blind Forest. Um, shocking absolutely nobody. <laughs> um, the uh, Sunset Overdrive, just because of how ridiculously fun and fourth wall breaking and over the top and silly and fun and, did I mention fun, game that was. Mm. Um and then Ori, just because it was just gorgeous, like everything about it, like the attention to detail and just the uh, the amount of effort put into how good that game looked. You you see so much effort being you know being put into making games photorealistic, like with like every new Call of Duty game, every new Battlefield game, and things like that. With just having them, you know, even like Metal Gear Solid, like with how real everything looks, um, and uh, it's always a fresh fresh breath for me for when you see somebody put so much effort into something but not to make it look like photorealistic real but just to make it look gorgeous and just pretty and uh, so i i greatly appreciated that not to mention the story um you know uh it's uh, i think i said this back at the time when i originally played it it takes a special it, it takes something special to be able to connect with a player or a viewer whatever you want to say and um to you know, the number of people that said, like, I cried at, like, the first five minutes of Ori. I mean, like, that's, it, it's, it's, that's not something that's easy to do. And that's so, the part I'm most compelled about with that game is, yeah. is that I'm, it's very easy to stir me on that level when it comes to certain things. Yeah. And I want to be stirred that way. It just doesn't happen often. And everybody I know, like, I know, I know men far more tough than I am. <laughs> they were just like, dude, you don't know. You're not ready. Yep. So I, I want to see. So, uh, so th- those would be uh, those would be my uh, my personal game of the years, um, with uh, honorable mention to Tales from the Borderlands for just coming out of left field and just being really excellent, especially especially with how it ended. But uh, uh, John or Goat, whoever's ready to go next, um, I'll go. Um, I played I've played a lot more than I've finished this year. Yeah. So I, I kind of keep this list of games that I complete, um, but I don't really track what I don't finish and i would say that at any given time to give you guys an example i hold in my hand right now a list of 20 games that i've completed in the year 2015 start to finish um in as much as they can be some games don't really have a fucking ending yeah um and then if i had to take this list of 20 and then stop to think about everything else i've played in the year i probably really i've never done this in my mind the math in my mind but i probably play a couple hundred games a year, you know, like different games. Like you touch on that many yeah, games. I either, yeah, I either, yeah, I get, and, and by play, I mean more than 15 minutes. I'm, I mean like more than an hour. Okay. Probably play a couple hundred games a year, um, you know, and, and try to get engaged in them in various ways. And it takes a lot to move me um, with, with a game. Maybe it's from years of playing them since we were kids. Maybe I'm jaded. I hope I'm not jaded. I don't ever want to be jaded. Um, but if I had to pick a game, um, that I thought was my game of the year, um, and you need to understand, I'm, I'm doing this purely based on what I played this year. If it didn't come out this year, I don't, that means nothing to me because to me, it might as well be a brand new game. Okay. Even if I knew it existed before, you know, I experienced it this year. Um, now at the video game awards, Witcher 3 won for best game of the year. I have not played The Witcher 3 for more than 10 minutes. Um, I will have it because it was purchased for me as a Christmas gift. It's in route to my home, so I'm sure I will have an opinion on it. Um, Metal Gear Solid 5, I own that. I haven't gotten to that. I have no opinion on that. I, I can't, you know. I don't certainly can't. Um, so I can only go based on what I had time to play this year. Um, 
And I'm, you know, the game that moved me the most this year that got me, that engaged me the most on an emotional level, I guess I should say, is The Wolf Among Us. Even <laughs> though it was a last year game, that game at every turn had me completely sucked into its world and into its characters and really trying to get behind the mystery of, you know, who did what. And I loved that game, you know, and prior to playing that game, I was not a telltale detractor. I was a, they're okay. Okay. But that game sucked me into being a telltale fan and has made me want to continue on. There's quality in it. Really? Yeah. I liked them. I just wasn't, it wasn't a like must play these. No, you haven't played it, right, Charlie? That's yes. The one that that that, that is the one of the, the newer, the you know, the, the 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 current run of Telltale games that I have not touched. No. Well, 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 to add to the tally, uh, which is weird today at practice, um, Skyler was talking about it, and he said about the same thing. Really, John said he's like, I I'm in Telltale. You, I promise you, you that game, especially because you you Charlie, one of my favorite things about you as a person is is that you can find the wonder in in things. It's one of my favorite things about you. Um, that the, the simplest things sometimes will make him very happy, yeah. <laughs> and the world that this is built in is built on the foundation of there is a magic to it, even if it's a gritty magic, even if it's like what happens when what happens when fairy tale um goes real <laughs> when fairy tale has to be like everything else, what happens when fairy tale characters have to live hard? You know, that's what this game is kind of about. And how do you take fairy tale characters that hate each other or don't get along, even in the the stories they come from? What happens when they have to live on top of each other for survival and like have to cope with dealing with each other? It's a pretty cool game. I think you should definitely make it a priority coming up. It it surprised the shit out of me. Everything about it, the presentation, the music, the characters, the voices they chose, everything was perfect. Pitch perfect for me. Well, that and, and, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, John, but the the decisions in The Wolf Among Us are a lot more like wheel turning than other Telltales. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like you feel weighty. Or you know how Telltale has that thing where like you'll go, fuck, I didn't realize this was going to screw so many things up. And it seemed like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Don't just make decisions because you are virtuous because it may not end well for certain that characters or for you on a related or, note yeah being being the, the 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 run of honorable good and uh, noble decisions that i made in game of thrones really screwed me over so yeah <laughs> um, um pro tip um for when you're playing that game the other uh, the, the 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 right decision is not always the right decision wait so i might have like an easy time with this yes <laughs> I did also um, play through to completion Child of Light this year. Finally, mm. I finished it oh. way, way early in the year. I loved it. It influenced me in a tremendous way. Looked into the music for it because I enjoyed the composition of it, which led me to a music group. The person who composed the music for Child of Light um, is a name a lady by the name of Beatrice Martin, mm. who uh, plays under a musical name called Coelho de Pirate. It's a, she's a French-Canadian uh, artist, and if you enjoyed the soundtrack for that game, you will love her music. It's very uh, romantic and pretty and uh kind of like the game just a little different and uh so that that game not only gave me a lot of joy for that reason but it also extended my joy into music which is you know a passion so yeah i really enjoyed that and then um i've played so many games this year i can't even remember what i played that's my problem (laughs) um but i mean there were a lot of things in the world of like mobile gaming which i'm not a big fan of uh i think lara croft go and um 
Lara Croft Go, uh, Fallout Shelter, and probably uh, the Room Two hmm. are my favorite like mobile like mobile gaming platform. I have to ask, have you played any of the new Lara Croft Go levels? No, I have not. I hmm. know they updated it and put some good stuff in there, but I have not. No. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I could find things for every platform I own that I loved this year. You know, I could go on forever. Um, I'll leave it at this. 2015 was a substantially better year to me for video gaming than 2014 was. I'll agree and with And 2013 as well, I think. I don't remember 2013, but I... 2013 pretty... was all right. Yeah. <laughs> it was the decline of the old systems. 2014 mm. was a rough, nasty, stanky, dirty, crusty year for me for gaming. It made me cantankerous. This year felt filled me with a lot more hope. So um, maybe not a very uh, riveting game of the year list with so much that came out this year, but... It wasn't about the technical polish for me this year. It was about what engaged me, and these things did. So Okay. Go. Uh, let's see. I, I guess, given the parameters of, of game of the year, it probably had to be Fallout 4 for me. Just because, I, I mean, I, like John, I play a whole bunch of shit. I don't finish anything. I, I will play anything once just to, you never know. I'm always looking for that diamond in the rough. None of them really popped up. Uh, I went on this weird tangent of, fuck it let's try fallout <laughs> and and it it's one of those games now that i look forward to playing and that's a big thing with me like wow. you know where it's like oh i need to do you know it's like oh i need to play games i i it's i need to play fallout like flat out that's you know when i go to it's what i need to do and that's that's a big point with me because if it's got me that engaged it's obviously worth my time i can't get over just how surprised i i am about this because you had zero interest Exactly, it's, yeah. it's 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 a diamond in the rough mm-hmm. scenario. I mean, I did it with Bioshock Infinite too. I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck that, I don't want to do it, or whatever. And then I was like, all right, you know. And, I, and that's what I like about my gaming style is the fact that like I'll play anything. I played the Frozen Bejeweled game for God's <laughs> sake this year for an undisclosed amount of time that I'm not ever telling anybody. Um, Can I borrow your phone there for a second? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot. Uh, but you know, and I like those games. I like I. I look forward to next year being more, you know, like Valiant Hearts and stuff like that. I technically was on this year because they put it back on the free games for gold for Xbox One. But I technically beat that, I think, last year. It might have been this year. Um, So that'd be on there. You know, I'm always looking for those kind of games because you can, I don't know, you you guys know, you play the same shit over and over. It's just a new (laughs) skin. Yeah. So. All right. Um. Do you guys have any other honorable mentions that you want to throw in there? Anything that particularly disappointed you, I guess? Halo 5. Yeah. I'm, I'm still bitter about it. I'm very upset about it. Um, I wanted it to be great. It wasn't. It's, I don't hate it, but it's, they did not deliver on their promise. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I, I realized as, I'm, as I was looking through the list of games I was playing that uh, um, you know, I could probably finish Halo 5 a lot, a lot sooner than I could finish uh, Metal Gear Solid, and yet I um, still went back to Metal Gear Solid uh, from from an angle of clearing off my backlog, which is not a wise decision. But uh, but yeah, Elite Dangerous gets an honorable mention for me. Not just not because it's not a narrative game at all. It's just they built something really cool as a space game goes, and I love space stuff. So um, that was cool. I I enjoyed Wolfenstein, Mortal Kombat X. I got a fuckload of playtime out of Mortal Kombat X. I had a great time with that this year. Um, still, Kill, Killer Instinct Season 2 was one of my favorite things this year. I loved it. I had a great time with it. 
Um, I'm sure I could think of probably a dozen different things. And, of course, Sunset Overdrive. I, I played that this year. That was in my, my games this year. You know, I enjoyed that tremendously. I think it was the second game I played this year. So, Yep. Yeah, it was great. What's your, what's your three? I'll get an honorable mention from me because i got to get back to it. But then Fallout <laughs> came out and Warp Tour came out. <laughs> right yes. in the middle of that play cycle. So I kind of I got to get back to it. Um, and Neverwinter. Uh, mm. Huge fan of that. It was much better... Than I anticipated for a Dungeons and Dragons MMO that was on keyboard and was transferred to a controller. It it, it was flawless. I put like thirty or forty hours into uh, it. Nice. So, um, Titanfall, even though it was free, still sucked. <laughs> there's nothing there. It's an fucking empty, love Titanfall. It's an empty shell of there. There's more. There's more content in the plastic box and disc than it's there is on empty the disc. If you don't, if you're looking for narrative. If for like somebody like me who plays competitive multiplayer stuff, there is a wealth of ways to play that game. It's so open ended for a multiplayer shooter, but it does need more content. I will mm-hmm. not disagree with you on that. Yeah, and um, uh, definitely that's uh, honorable mention to Arkham Knight. Um, yeah, just uh, you know, really yeah. well, really well done. Yeah, and I, for I, what it was, that will make my uh, another terrible game. <laughs> yeah, Mad Max. I I'm just finished it, but I had a great time with that. I'm playing your copy of Tomb Raider still, but mm-hmm. I haven't gotten far enough into it to, you know. But it's great. It really is solid. You know, cool. yeah. so many good games this year, man. It's a just they were games. all open world. Yeah, yeah. eight million hour games. Yep. Twenty fifteen was the you bought a game a quarter because it took you a quarter to, to get through. The game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's my biggest beef with this year. If I had one complaint, please less open world games next year. Everybody, just developers. less. Like, give us some like little ones. Like I'd like to be able to have like six hour games in between my three hundred hour. Yeah, like, I'm actually sagas. looking forward to rocking a Telltale game coming. And talking about Wolf Among Us makes me either a want to play that again or go finish Tales from the Borderlands. You should probably do the second one. Yeah, yeah. Because you gotta get re- you gotta get ready for uh, for Batman. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. All right. Well, um, those are uh, those are our game of the year predictions, or, or, or rather, our, our game of the year preferences. I guess I should say, um, maybe not uh, the the, the a typical little, little late to be predicting game That's of right. the year. That's right. I predict that uh, that uh, I will say predictions at least two more times before I'm done here. Um, no, I, I maybe not uh, what people were expecting, and certainly not a typical. I mean, that was a really eclectic mix of games, and not at all what everybody's standard game of the year stuff was, considering mm-hmm. half of our shit. Came out last year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which yes. is either a testament to, to to how it's either a testament to how how we enjoy these games this year, or that we're all uh, very busy adults that are way fucking behind. Uh, <laughs> well, why not both? Why that, not both? Indeed, that and it's a test of time that we're still catching up while people were just dropping these massive games on us this year mm-hmm. that you can't even catch up on. Mm-hmm. We're going to be playing this year's releases till 26 or 2017 with the Oh yeah, hours. I guarantee you there is Please. a large It's going to be 2020 <gasps> on yeah. my end. Yep, for Charlie, Char- he'll Charlie, never be free. Yes, Charlie will be finally finishing up Fallout 4 on the Xbox 2 cuz it's backlog compatible. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie has graduated. <laughs> he does not have a backlog anymore. He has a back tree. That's 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 the truth. Yeah, soon to be a back forest. That's right. Uh, well on its way. And honestly, um, I, I'm not I, far behind you. I would be willing to bet that most of the people who bought all of the like big giant ass open world games this year, they're they're not going to. I mean, I wonder if it's going to fuck with sales next year because it's going to be people are going to be playing some of this stuff well into spring and summer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, 
we were having a conversation at band practice because that's what we do um, about it. And the big titles this year, we were doing just the math with how to, how long to beat dot com. Mm-hmm. If you bought all the big titles like Witcher and Fallout and Assassin's Creed and all that stuff, Tomb Raider, Mad Max, yeah, all these, you're open looking games. just to just to go through the regular playthrough according to howtobeat.com, It's like over six hundred hours of the gaming. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> do not have. No. Do not have. Few have six hundred hours in gaming. That's like. A quarter solid. 600 hours of changing poopy diapers and studying this year. (laughs) That's what I have done. So, um, well, you know, that being said, hopefully you guys enjoyed, uh, you know, what it was that we had. Feel free if you guys are uh, compelled to share with us what you think your game of the year um, selections were, not predictions. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to the mailbag, I think. So, for this week's mailbag, there is not one. Hey, remember that time when I forgot to post the mailbag question? We got no responses. I did it again. You done it again. <laughs> but I, I have an excuse. Um, stupid uh, last week's episode. Your car. I blame is, your car, this John. This is not Charlie's fault. This is, uh, this is the Shatmobile's fault. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call my car. It's, the Karnami, if you will. Um, yep. Yes. That's Damn right. you, Karnami. Damn you. Con! Not That's me. what I should call my car is Khan. Um, the Wrath of Khan every time my car breaks down. Um, yeah, so we don't have a fucking mailbag this week. Um, I mean, we, we, we had asked um, if, we, if, uh, if, we were, if you were going to be in charge of planning a holiday-themed special um, and could include uh, characters or content or worlds from video games, uh, what would you like? And um, I did post a question um, about an hour before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> And miraculously, nobody jumped on it. Shockingly. Now, everybody will respond tomorrow before the show gets posted. Yeah. So if you'd like to know the answers, uh, just tune into our social media pages and read the responses there. Yes, that is correct. That. Um, Go us and technology. Woo! I'm blaming technology on this one. All right. You didn't expect a left-hand curveball to give you a five-day edit. No, that's true. I did it's not. true. So, so here we have one of the rare instances in which we have no mailbag responses, no emails, no voicemails, and no songbird. Uh, we miss you, Songbird. Please come back. Um, she yeah, will yeah. when we uh, get back on schedule. That's <laughs> yeah. true. That's true. Um, so uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and close this bad bastard out. So, John, what do you have coming up next week? Uh, this coming week, uh, V is for Villains is going to be playing its first show in a while at Conalt Delete, which is going to be at the uh, Hyatt Regency um, O'Hare, technically, even though it's uh, it's the one right next to the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center. Um the four Rosemont. big copper towers. Yes, yes. yes. Um, it, it's you know this is going to be our fourth year, I think, doing Conalt Delete. Even though it's only been called Conalt Delete for two years, it was DomoCon for a while, but I'm sure litigation changed that. Hmm. Um, this is our fourth year doing this convention, and when we started it, it was teeny, teeny tiny. I mean, there was like I think less than 200 people going to this convention. Oh wow! And it has over time grown. Um, it's uh, going to be. Uh, Fun. It's going to be, I think, a great way to celebrate what's going to be like the ultimate geek nerd fandom weekend, man. I mean, it's Star Wars fucking weekend. You know, luckily, and thank God we're not playing on Friday night on the opening night of Star Wars. (laughs) We're going to be playing on Saturday. So everybody who came and saw Star Wars on Friday, come and fucking hang out with us and talk about Star Wars. And we're going to play a show. And I would like to play Star Wars songs on stage, but I don't know them. So that's not going to happen. So instead, uh, we're going to play... We are going to be playing new material, though. Uh, I, I'm going to say this to be safe. We will be playing 
I think at least two new songs. We are shooting for four. So um, we, I actually right before recording, that's where I was at. Was at is, the studio. It, is this an out. exclusive announcement here on Gamerhead Radio? It is an announcement. We've been teasing new music on Facebook and kind of putting some stuff out there, but we've no confirmation as to whether we're going to start playing. You guys are actually going to get what I'm going to call the the sort of proto beginning of what will be the next version of our show. You're going to get a new video show. Um, you're going to get some um, just a couple of surprises here and there. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, but maybe some new music. So now, are you going to wear your Stormtrooper armor and your Flynn coat? And how is this all going to pan out here? <laughs> mm, the wheels are turning. Storm how can I find Flynn a way? Trooper? Yeah. Yeah. Fallon flooper. Because I mean... <laughs> I don't think that's, that's like the right uh, it, it is like Boople Snoot. If anybody else there wants to draw what kind of a hideous creature a Fallon Flooper would be, I would love to see that. Feel free to render that in all of its, it's glory. It's not a Fallon Fupa. Oh. oh, God. But I'm saying you already have the color scheme. Like, uh, uh, what, uh, of a uh, Fallon Fupa? No, and uh, <laughs> of, a, of a Storm Flynn. Oh, uh, uh, Fallon Flooper. Um... <laughs> Say shit right or don't say it at all. <laughs> it's like it's like a while back when I had I had I actually did have fans draw. Um, I asked I, I offered free dinner. Uh, I said I will buy a meal for anybody that can draw me what I think is the best version of um, either Fallon Flanders or Ned Flinders. <laughs> and I got like probably eight submissions, and one or two of them were so fucking good. That I actually plan to have them blown up and hang them out somewhere in our studio <laughs> because it weirds me out. Somebody photoshopped Flanders' fucking head onto my body in an immaculate way. It's disturbing. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I've got coming up this week. It's all rehearsals. We're going to be rehearsing probably three days this week. Um, we're going to have, on top of doing the show, we've got a couple panels on Friday night. If you're not going to Star Wars, my brother is taking a bullet. He's taking one for the team so that... One, so that Charlie can go to the movie with me, because I'm fucking, I'm leaving the convention to go see Star Wars, and then I'm coming back. Uh, my now, brother, I'll, pr- I'll probably be in tow for both of those it's things. It's true. <laughs> my brother will be staying at the convention center to do a panel. Um, it's going to be an erotic reading panel, which has become a big fucking thing for our, our camp. It's very funny. Um, he bought some nudie magazines to read out of, too, by the way, so that'll <laughs> be great. Um, and then uh, we've got another panel on Sunday, too, but... Um, my my cousin Mikey just moved to Chicagoland. He's going to be here. Uh, some of you've heard stories about the legendary Mikey Steele from back in the Digital Mindy days. The guy is oh, a fucking legend. The Steele he is in town. arrived two days ago. He is now a resident of Chicago. You will meet him. Um, I'm looking forward to this. It's a fucking thing, man. I don't know how to tell you. <laughs> just just see him. Just meet him. You'll know what I'm talking about. He's he's great. And. Uh, those of you that have missed uh, Jr., you know our, our stage manager. He's going to be returning to the fold. He's going to be doing that work with us again, and Carlton's going to be working with us again. So come see everybody, man. Come see the whole crew. Come hang out, um, have drinks, have a good time, dance, and be silly. Goat, what do you have going on, man? Uh, just album, 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 album. Probably making an appearance at the con. I'll delete to heckle the stormtrooper Flynn. Um, that's about it, Charlie. Um, yeah, just nothing out of the ordinary on my side of things. I'm looking forward to, um, seeing, um, all the villains fans and, uh, hanging out with them on, uh, Friday before and after, uh, Star Wars. I'm, of course, looking forward to Star Wars, especially with my good buddy, John. And, um, yeah, so that's gonna be a fun time. Um, aside from that, um, you know, just right in the middle of, um, 
of uh, you know just general holiday madness. Um, I can say that um, if uh, if you are local to the uh, you know to to the area where we record and you you know you are in these circles, um, if you are interested in the craft beer that I speak of on a semi frequent basis, um, stay tuned. I'm not I don't want to announce it publicly here just because I don't want a hundred strangers showing up at my house. <laughs> but um, um, if you're friends with I me, on, I'm sure you do. Uh, <laughs> I do not, however. So um, uh, if you're friends with me on Facebook um, or if you're in the uh, the uh, the 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 uh, the craft beer fan page that I've mentioned a couple times um, on Facebook as well, and I will be hosting a bottle share up in the coming weeks here, and um, so uh, tasty beers uh, to be shared around, and um, yes, yes, it, it, it shall be a good time. Yeah, worry less about strangers camping out on your lawn, and more worried about me camping out on your lawn. Yeah, this many days left till beer at Charlie's house. <laughs> that's basically just every Sunday when I come over here to record. Yeah, that's true. I just stroll into his home, and I'm like, "Where's the beer, Charlie?" Um, and uh, speaking of which, uh, my beer of the week, I'm going to mention, um, I've mentioned them multiple times before, uh, Panrose Brewing in Geneva. They have uh, re-come out to this year with their Spectral uh, Imperial Stout, um, and their their first release is uh, aged with vanilla beans, and uh, John and I had some of it today, and uh, it is scrumptious. And um, I enjoyed it tremendously. Yes. It's really good. Um, and then uh, next weekend, um, uh, if... Uh, if you're in the area, they are having another one of their bottle releases. Um, they are releasing a, a barrel-aged um, uh, Belgian strong ale, and um, then also they're bottling um, the vanilla bean spectral that, John, that I just mentioned that John and I had. And so both of those bottles will be released um, this coming Saturday, the, what is that, 19th? Um, I believe so. Yep. Yeah. And um, yeah, so check out uh, penrosebrewing.com for more information on that. Um, but uh, But yeah, always a good time. Um, but yeah, so that, that's it for me and, um, and, uh, for, for these guys as well. Um, so for next week's show, uh, we, you know, we talked to today, uh, you know, last week we talked about the video game awards today. We talked about, um, our game of the year picks. And so next week, um, our, our question to you, as John mentioned before, is going to be, um, you know, what are your picks for the game of the year? And then also we are going to be talking about the games that we are most excited about that are currently scheduled uh, and slated to come out in 2016. And so we are also asking you guys, uh, in addition to what are your games of the year for 2015, and please play by our rules here. It doesn't have to have come out in 2015. If you played it this year, we want to know. Whatever if you moved it. you this year. I don't care if it was a, an NES game, man. Yep. Throw it down. Yep, yep. And um, so, yeah, so yeah, uh, Bump and Jump is is absolutely a contender for entry. Game of the year every year. Yep. There right. shouldn't even be a game <laughs> awards. It should just be that should be assumed. The yearly Bump and Jump award, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and um, and then also what you're most excited to uh, that's currently looking to uh, come out in 2016. Um, so that's our question for you. That's what we'll be talking about uh, next week. And also one other thing, um, if you guys have any moments uh, from any of our episodes this year, uh, we are going to be doing our usual. Um, best of yearly compilation uh, for the episode that comes out between Christmas and New Year's. Um, so I'll be working on putting that together. We've got some things already bookmarked, but um, if there's anything that, uh, if there's any moments from uh, from from the show from this last year that you think belong on the best of list, uh, please just uh, let us know and give us, you know, just give us as close of an approximation as you can to when it happened and what we were talking about. And um, we'll, uh, we'll see about getting that included in the best of roundup. 
And with all that being said, thank you very much for listening. Um, you can find, uh, if you like what you heard, you can find more at uh, GamerHeadRadio.com, at Facebook.com backslash GamerHeadRadio, at Google.com backslash plus GamerHeadRadio, and on Twitter at GamerHeadRadio, where I am at T-E-K Charlie, Goat is at Sir Ghostworth, and John is at the Fallon Flynn. Um, call and leave us a message at 94926Gamer, um, or you can email us at editors at GamerHeadRadio.com. Uh, feel free to download the official GamerHead Radio app on Google Play for Android platforms, um, and you can also subscribe with your podcast podcast downloader of choice or on stitcher radio tuning radio youtube twitch or with your podcast downloader of choice as well as now also on soundcloud thank you very much for listening this has been yet another episode of gamerhead radio Moving on to number shit, what is this? Two. <laughs> <laughs> so Riot Games has announced that League of Legends 2015 World Championships set a new re- We'll just do that. <laughs> 334 million total unique villiers. Uh, villiers. <laughs> <laughs> villagers? <Oof>. Villagers. <laughs> uh, please, sir, more porridge. Uh,